the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying... we began to speak about the wisdom of god about two weeks ago and we saw the importance of wisdom for the purpose of attaining victory different enemies require different tactics and wisdom in its own peculiar way can achieve very many victories I don't know if you read Ecclesiastes 9, but let's just read a few verses. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, from verse 13. This wisdom I have also seen under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it. And a great king came against it, besieged it, and built great snares around it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remember that same poor man. Now this is my emphasis. Then I said, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. Words of the wise spoken quietly should be heard rather than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Verse 18, weapons, but wisdom is better than weapons of war. But one sinner destroys much good. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. But one sinner destroys much good. First, it said in verse 16, 15 told you that a poor wise man by his wisdom delivered the city. And he, the wise king Solomon, concluded that wisdom is better than strength. I want you to note that. And in verse 18, that wisdom, wisdom is better than weapons of war. We don't know how this man delivered the city. It is possible he gave advice and they walked out a truce and things were settled and there was no loss of life. A small city. A great king had built snares. But it was all overcome. What reason that was used, we are not told. 
All we know is that he delivered the city. So, no question about it. Wisdom is exceedingly uh, important. You know, and um, today I will want us to hang around the book of Exodus a bit. So if you'd like to flip back, Exodus chapter 28. We are reading from verse 1. Now take Aaron your brother and his sons with him. From among the children of Israel, he may minister to me as priest. Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for glory and for beauty. So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a skillfully woven tonic, tunic, a turban, and a sash, so they shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother and his sons, that he may minister to me as priest. The first thing we can see there is that God has a desire to make a covering for the priesthood. What was the job of the priest? To minister to God. If you will go on to read the stories in Exodus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, it's summarized in some form in the book of Deuteronomy. You will find out that the job of the priest is very significant. It is not, I'll give you an example of the kind of stories you see there. You see, for example, a story where God was judging the people the day before some 250 fellows had tried to assert that they too were priests. It's not just this family. Not just Aaron. What's special about Aaron? Moses, what's special? We Levites, to all of us. And they made censors to offer incense also. Now, even though God had said that there would be a nation of priests, but they were, they were an error. You, you don't take by the time you read the book of Hebrews, he says no man takes this honor on himself. How that works is you, you, don't, you don't grab, you don't steal, you do not forcefully acquire a commission in the spirit. It's, um, it's illegal. You, you have to be called. There are so many different things um, a human being can do. 
amongst them is to serve in the priesthood in the expression of the time. Priesthood. Sometimes I've wondered what to equate it with today. I know for many they'll say, of course, it means if you're a preacher, if you're called as a pastor, you know, depending on the, your vocabulary. Uh, and uh, some people feel well. Um, you know, there's the other extreme that says, well, there's a general priesthood of believers. Everyone is called to serve God. Uh, which well, I hope we don't go to an extreme. I hope we don't go to an extreme. <clears throat> As usual, I, I'm always saying the answer is somewhere in the middle. So, <clears throat> on the one side, there are there are those who <laughs> we are not studying the priesthood today, and um, I hope that. We will uh, look at it better someday, you know. We've talked about it last semester a little. (coughs) But this much I know. There are some people, especially those called to the five-fold ministry, many of which are by the leading of the Spirit to commit their time fully to do just that. The priests were of the family of Levi. The family of Levi was to do nothing apart from serve the people. They were chosen from amongst the people To serve in some capacity the people on behalf of God. They were all Israelites. They were all a chosen generation. A royal priesthood and a holy nation. Oh, I know you think that's in the Old Testament. It was just quoted in the, in the New Testament. Sorry, um, I don't know how I said that. You know, it's a quote from the Old Testament repeated by Peter. So he called them a kingdom of priests. He chose them to be special, to be his own special people. The rest of the world was to look at them and go, hmm. We read it last week in Deuteronomy 4, verse 6. Said other nations would look and say, what a wise nation who has all these decrees and laws. And he said that this will be their wisdom. Their wisdom will be that they do the commandments of God. And others will look and say, wow, this is amazing. So, according to the wisdom of God, he had at least three categories of people. He had the Israelites, his people. He had amongst his people the Levites existing in different cities 
not living in their own tribe, scattered amongst the people, like sprinkling, you know, taking a group of people and sharing them out. You can picture the judges. They were to make decisions. They were probably the learned people. Their job involves studying the laws of God and interpreting them to the people. If they have disputes in the area where they live, you are to go to them. And there, you read the book of Malachi to tell you the job of the priest. You know, they were to look at the law and settle disputes. They will say, okay, come. This is what the law of God says. They were supposed to be, that was the job of the Levites. They couldn't live in one place. Today you could say, you don't pick a judge of the appeal court and keep them in one place or make them come from one place. They are from everywhere. And they are made to live in all sorts of places. They live everywhere. In all the states of the Federation. You don't pick people just from there at all. Something happens with the military and with others. They are from different places. They keep them in different barracks. In different places. So. It is. It was God's wisdom to take the Levites and scatter them so that they could help maintain order, knowledge, education, administration. Okay? This was their job. Amongst the ways for them to be maintained was that they were to be provided for by the people. They were not to be the typical person having normal daily job, going to work. No, they ought to spend that time studying and settling issues, talking, resolving matters, teaching the people, going amongst them teaching. This was God's elaborate plan. And then there was, then there were the priests, the third category. The priests were from amongst the Levites. The core family of the priest, Aaron's family, Aaron and his four sons at the onset were supposed to stay at the center of all of that. The Levites would assist them. When they were in the wilderness, they were all together. The different tribes around them, Levi, not included, Levi around the temple, we don't have a diagram of their camp, encampment, you know, but they had four on each side. Four, no, three, 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 three. How do I explain this? You remember that, what's their name? Manasseh and Ephraim were from Joseph. They became two. Levi, therefore, was not, in case you're just wondering, Oh, what about uh, um, um, if Levi was at the center and there should be 11? No. There was no tribe of Joseph. There was Ephraim and Manasseh too. So there were 12 gathered around. 
Levi surrounded them, and out from among the Levites were the Levites were the priests from the family of Levi too, but the house of Aaron specifically. And they all lived there, taking care of the tabernacle, ministering in the temple. So they were Levites contributed to carrying the burden of the priesthood. They were like the extension of the priesthood. They were like the extension of their duties. You know? But the priesthood were the priests, the, the priesthood family, were the ones that communed between God and the people. They had more specialized duties. All right. So if you are to ask me, the closest I can say, yes, we know, of course, among the priests, they had the high priest, the high priest, the lead person. In the time of Aaron, that was Aaron. In the time of Eli, it was Eli. There was always one leader who had the duty of overseeing the rest. By the time of Jesus, there were so many. Many people don't know, but it's possible that by the time of Jesus, they may have been many hundreds, if not thousands, of priests who all in their own time were supposed to offer something. And it's been considered that it is possible some priests only served once in their life. Before you could get round to their turn again, they'd be dead. Because there'd be so many people. All those from the direct lineage of Aaron. Alright, so God has these priests. And I see that he has the Levites as extension. So, if the fivefold ministry, and I still think this is a loose categorization, stand as priests on behalf of God, intersecting between Him and being the ones that go in and come out to the people. But they still had Levites, which will speak of people who have given themselves to do the will of God in a way that is above normal. They are not just general Israelites. I'm a Christian. I'm born again. No, they've gone beyond that. And they can be the extension, doing the jobs that the priests should do. They have a deeper calling than just the ordinary child of God. In that, where they are, people can find access to God in some way. God can reach through them. And you have issues, they should be able to share it. Either they are preaching, they are evangelizing, they are praying for people, they are standing in the gap, they are interceding, they are part of one thing or the other that is ministering to the household of God. One way or the other. Scattered everywhere. Alright, so let's zoom in to the priest. The high priest who is Jesus today and we were made part of his body was supposed to be clothed with holy garments special garments 
sacred distinctive garments. Remember what the word holy means? Set apart. The kind of garment he was to be covered with was to be different from other garments. What was required for him to be clothed? Gifted artisans filled with the spirit of wisdom that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. So from even amongst the people, there were supposed to be those who would make it possible for the priest to be properly covered. Now don't think for a second I'm going to take this thing and reduce it to mel- <laughs> To something physical. It may have physical dimensions, but that would only be a part, and I think it would be a lesser part. Spiritually, there's something amongst the people who are supposed, there are things amongst, when I say amongst, there are graces, giftings within the camp. That's supposed to enable those who stand in the gap for them to do their job properly, properly covered. They can be exposed. They can be exposed. They can face Things they shouldn't face. And um, they can be considered ordinary and in the process lose the glory of God on them. What was the covering for? For glory and for beauty. For glory and for beauty. It's not for pride. It's not for... It's not for, what does your translation say? For dignity and honor. Verse 2. What does yours say? Anybody else? For honor and for beauty. Why would God be interested in his priest, his representative, having honor or having beauty? Because you know, it's the beauty part that seems fun, like beauty. Why? Because God makes all things beautiful in its time. And it was time for the priesthood. When it is the time God wants, when it is the time for a thing, He makes it beautiful. He wants it looking good. He's not offended with beauty. Sometimes we act as though God likes things ugly. He doesn't. He likes things nice. 
He's not offended with nice. Now, we don't worship beauty like any other thing. It can become an idol. So we don't worship beauty. But we do allow things to look nice if God wants it to look nice. You could say that the beauty would highlight the priest. He would put something on them that would make them stand out. So if they were amongst a group of people, they would stand out. They would look different from the rest. Others may look good in their own way, but the priest specifically, the high priest especially, at that time would, would be exalted above his fellows. Remember Psalm 45? Psalm 45, it says, Because he has loved righteousness and hated wickedness, therefore God, even as God has anointed him with the oil of gladness above his fellows. So part of how he anointed him with the oil of gladness, he made him distinct. He put his oil upon him. You know, on the turban was written, Holy unto the Lord. And God allowed all of this to distinguish. I'm emphasizing the word distinction. So when the high priest would go past, I I hope you've seen a picture of the high priest in his garments before. It would create some awe, like, wow, look at that. I know people, I don't think today, in any way, God wants us trying to be different from others because as many things it was a spiritual you know so I've seen people dressed up in it was amazing things really nice looking material by the way some of it um, especially the bishop archbishop outfits you know very colorful gold thread and all that um, does look very uncomfortable though to me like really hot. I think it would be very good if it's always in an air-conditioned room. But um, if it was so, Jesus would have walked around the earth looking complicated. Uh, he doesn't mean we should be so spiritual. You know how you read in your Bible and it says, I saw um, in heaven, you know, the saints dressed in white. You know, and typically Christians are always talking about wearing white in heaven. You know. Um, And I've told you, it doesn't mean white is the only clothing in heaven. You might as well start dressing like a a brotherhood of cross and star, cherubim and seraphim right now. To practice, if you think it's only white. That's not what I mean. The Bible explains what the white is. In the same verse, it says, which is the righteousness of the saints. That white is not white clothes. That white is symbolic of unstained righteousness, of a life given to God, washed clean by the blood of Jesus. That's what that white represented. A life washed clean by the blood of Jesus. 
a life that was lived in obedience. He first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. It's a life comprised of obedience to God. Of doing what God says you should do. That is righteousness. And so, we, uh, we know that clothing in the Old Testament with all its different symbolisms speaks of something beyond the physical. It must, like all of the law, it has a spiritual meaning. And if you stick to the physical meaning, the natural meaning of the loves, you end up with the law of sin and death. You find yourself guilty of breaking them all. But if you find the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, when you find the law according to Christ, you will find out what he really meant and you will be able to work it out. So the high priest was to be clothed by the people. That's the part that should amaze you. They were to come up with things that will make him look beautiful. He gave them the power to lift him up, to distinguish him. They were the ones responsible for making him look dignified. People were to Due to our efforts, exalt the Lord Jesus. What did Jesus say? For I, when I'll be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. Where was Jesus lifted up? On the cross. (laughs) Where do you think Jesus is lifted up today? The preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who don't believe. But to us who do. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to for those who believe first to the Jews And then also to the Greeks. If you can receive it till today, you lift up Jesus still by going to the cross. It is by your taking up your cross and hanging on it that Jesus is lifted up till today. It hasn't changed. It has not changed. I know we wish it was not so. But by our laying down our lives, we are able to exalt him. I will ask you to go and read the book of Philippians. I will ask you to read the book of Philippians because it will tell you quite some things about the cross. That was the city where Paul and Silas entered 
And in a few days they threw them into prison in the stocks. I'm reading bits and pieces of Philippians 1.29 just to prove what I told you now. First, chapter 1 verse 29. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ. Are you listening? It has been granted to you on behalf of Christ. Granted. Sounds very honorable, right? Wow. You have a privilege to do something here. You've been given something. To do what? Not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. This is a wisdom of God. To suffer for his sake. I've gotten ahead of myself by saying it's the wisdom of God. We will get there. But if you remember from Exodus 28, he said, all those men whom are filled with the spirit of wisdom, they were to make garments, they were to create a distinction and an exaltation for the high priest. And in the New Testament, it's told you, do you know what? You've received the privilege also. All those who believe in him, you have the privilege of suffering for him, for his sake. Because your suffering makes him beautiful. But let's show you a little more. You're wondering what kind of suffering, verse 30, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. He said the same conflict. Have you read about the life of Paul? Didn't sound very comfortable. For a generation that hates any kind of suffering. Someone sends me something today by a popular preacher. On WhatsApp. I don't know if the person was testing me or I don't know what they were doing. A friend. He did tell me later that they were discussing it on another group of which I am not part of. And I said, well, this statement is this anti-pain. If you don't like your circumstances, change it. Anything you don't like, change. Sounds very... Yes, anything you don't like, change it, right? Is that so? I didn't say well. Is that so? I think that's how they say it. You know what is that so means? Some of you don't speak uh, this language. Anything you don't like in your life, change it. My mind, I went like, hmm. Is it that easy? You can just change anything you don't like at all. You just change it. You don't like how there's not enough money or your parents talk to you or your lecturer behaves. Change it. Later on though, so I responded, I said, I, don't, I just put two sentences that I disagree significantly with this statement. Another person reacted and the person picked it from their group. He took my reaction, put it in his group. I didn't know. I didn't have, and then he picked back their, someone's reaction and said, the person said I should leave that thing, that 
this is what I've practiced my life. And it, you know, more or less it's worked. This is what I've practiced for years. And I'll look, listen to the thing again. I say, yes, maybe I, maybe I wasn't clear. It's true. It, in a sense, it is right. And it was that, oh, the only solution is your mouth. Change it with your mouth. I said, but the latter half of what he said, well, but first half, I don't agree because of how often it is abused, that when people say things like this, I said they have to balance it. So this is how people go around life, totally discontented with anything God is doing, fighting God. Can you picture Jesus changing? Children of God, what did Jesus need to do about his upcoming crucifixion? If we go with that theory of anything you don't like, change it. Don't come up with your own. Say what is in the Bible. Jesus talked about it with Peter. When Peter started pulling out weapons. Just go. Father, twelve legions. What did Jesus tell Peter? If I asked my father, he would send. Now, do you realize that anything Jesus asked for, he got? He had, he had attained that level. Very scary level to be in. Many people want to be like Jesus. God looks at you and says, you dare not. I can't make you like my son yet. You, there'd be too much trouble. There would be too much trouble. There would be too many disasters occurring. Unwittingly. So what did he tell him? He said, no, I could ask for angels now. In other words, Peter, listen, we don't do everything we feel like doing. Summary, my father wants me on a cross. That's why I spent all night praying. I'm meant to die. Today. Anything apart from that, I am out of God's will. It's not always about what you can get, what you don't like, change. What about the father's will? Why did Jesus go back and pray three times? Why did he? Father, do I have to drink this cup? I wish I did not have to. But if it's your will, oh, no, 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 no qualms. He went back again. It's like he did not get an answer the third time. When the answer was clear, what happened? Angels came and ministered to him. Receive strength for the death you are about to die. Maybe they reminded him, can't you remember Moses and Elijah visiting you? Just to tell you that you will die. And They told him these things. He received strength and went and died quietly in accordance with the Father's will. The question is this. When he taught them to pray, what did he say? When you pray, pray after this manner. Everybody with me want to go. Our 
father. That means I have authority. The father is greater than I. Jesus said. He has a father. Uh, the head of every man is Christ. The head of Christ is God. First Corinthians 11. I have authority over me. So when you pray, pray after this manner. Oga at the top. My Oga at the top. I recognize you. All this living a life without recognizing anyone over our head. Final arbiter of your fate. This is what I want. Very popular. Pseudo gospel. Ah. Whatever you want. Just say it. Just what? What exactly are you saying? What do you want? Who made you? The last port of call. Does the box stop with you? The box stops here. That's all blame or this. Does it stop with you? Are you sure? Are you that powerful? Are you sure there's not some things over you and over you and over those over you? So I went on to explain a little until my friend, I don't know if he passed it on, I hope he did, that hey, you see this pseudo-gospel that says nothing should offend you, nothing should be contrary to your desires, nothing should displease you, nothing should be a source of offense to you. And if it starts to be, change it. I'm here to announce to you today, you can't change everything. It's very unwise. Finish the Lord's Prayer for me. Father, hallowed be your name. Your, your, and we talked about this some day ago. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Whose kingdom? Whose will? Not yours. His. He has a kingdom and he has a will. And he doesn't want it done in heaven. He wants it done where? On earth. If you don't like anything, change it. Then Jesus, all he had to do was, Father, no cross for me. Mm-mm-mm, no cross. Cross, painful. Me, no like. That's not what happened. He endured it. A certain fascinating fellow called Paul says that on behalf of Christ, he too was given a thorn in the flesh. People refer to it as sickness. I completely disagree. I don't think it was sickness for any reason. They were the Jews that went about city by city persecuting him and many other troubles he had because of God. And he said, three times I prayed. Three times also. That God should take it away. And what did the father tell him? My grace is sufficient for you. When you are weak, I am, I am strong. What does that imply? How does that fit into any of our theology? So what, do, what state do you think God wants us in? Strong state or weak? Did you just say that? Take note you said it. When you are weak, I am strong. God said that. A little common sense. Therefore, when you are strong, God is 
The question is, what do you want? Your will or his will? Who do you think wants to be strong? Do you think God wants to be weak in you or strong in you? But you too would like to be strong, yes? But for him to be strong, you must be weak, yes? So what must you do to please God and his will be done on earth as in heaven? You must be weak or you must be strong. (laughs) Christianity. We have so distorted it that look, all of you lovely Christians, you're thinking what they think. Some of you have not even said it. You're like, it's not my mother. Carry and talk nonsense. It is this nonsense that the early church knew. It is it that I just read, that it is given to you not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Because every time you suffer, it's a form of weakness. Have you not discovered that suffering makes you weak and embarrassed? Who likes suffering here? Who is masochistic? You have issues. Ordinarily, we nobody likes suffering. And I asked that person, do you think I enjoy giving up things everyone likes? Who doesn't like being strong? Who does not like the feeling? Some of you, you may have experienced it. It's not even in your own car or in someone's car where you joined an uncle. Okay. Do you remember pulling up any of you in a very nice ride in front of school where your schoolmates are and coming out of the car? Anybody? Did it happen to anyone? A nice car. It could be your parents' own or anybody else's own. The point is, you were inside it. And you really wish they packed where your schoolmates would sit. And you really liked the feeling of coming out of it. There was no embarrassment on that day of coming out of a very nice car in front of very many people. Anyone? Why? Because you are strong. That situation made you strong. A strength of people, you get looks of admiration. Yes? Flip it. Jalopy. It's not a brand of car, it's just a state. Some of you don't know English, so that's why you're not laughing yet. So it's called a jalopy, a car that has seen life. It has had encounters. It was once a car. <laughs> now he's just struggling to stay to. <laughs> you start telling your parents, <laughs> Pack! <laughs> Pack! Pack here, don't worry. <laughs> You don't need to come. (laughs) This is called agreement. So, (laughs) wholehearted agreement. Now, you don't, you don't need to drive in. No, it's okay, it's okay. I'm, I'm okay here. I'm okay here. You drop in advance. It doesn't matter who and how much you love that relative. Please, park that car somewhere here. Give me transport. Don't worry, I'll find my way back. 
Some people, you don't even want them to drop you halfway. You collect money from the house. Don't worry. M- Mommy, you had things to do. <laughs> then it's the other one. Uncle, drop me now. No, Uncle, you're going that side. Drop me. Uncle, no, this is not where they stop. Shift. Nobody likes to be weak. Weakness is not nice. We like strength. We enjoy strength. We would like to be in charge. We would love to own the situation. We would love to. Okay? Someone was telling me how... It's not one time I've heard this kind of story. You probably had... Had you've probably experienced, seen, or been closely uh, intimate with such a situation, where in secondary school people come to visit, parents come, and people say, hmm, "A gate man." I don't know. I've told him. Why <laughs> does he always worry himself? I don't even know my parents have. Let me go and see him. In Papa, that's her father. She has told the. She has told all the. The uh, the mix. That they come and call. Someone is looking for you. And she's, everyone stands and says, says it's their gate man. It's her father. And she goes and collects what she and leaves in the security pool. And comes back. Okay? Because she's doing that because of the weakening situation. The weakening circumstance that is it will pose in people's eyes. She will come lower. She she's she's been weakened. Her reputation, her her name, her her facade, her mask, what she has been carrying around as to what she is, has just been weakened. And to help it stay. It couldn't even be an uncle. It can't be a brother. It shouldn't be a relative because if my parents are what I have made them out to be, this cannot be anyone but it's her father. So the closest thing is a gate man. At least you can get away with anything with a gate man. So she renders her father game. You know? I think he was a security guard at one of those times. I, I can't remember. The person that was telling me, you know, it happened in her school. A colleague I once worked with and she said, I think they got to know later, and it was so... It was, she had been saying that, I think, for years. But at some point, it came out that, no, it's not... It came and told her, your father. She couldn't deny it anymore. It came out. And people were like, hmm? this girl. Call your father a gateman all this time. Just to appear. I know the people pointing fingers would possibly do the same. You know, hypocrisy. But it does happen. Huh? It does happen. These are realities that occur. I am explaining why they occur. Weakening. We don't like being weak. We like being strong. If the father had pulled up in a big car, she would have run out of the house. She may not normally hug her father, but she would run out of the class and say, Daddy! Yay! And she would be like this. So that everybody, you know, from the class would look and say, Wow, that's her father. The same person in a big, nice car would be announced. Daddy! So, it is not, 
It is not abnormal to want to be strong at all times. To be on top of the situation at all times. But this is the problem. Every time we do that. Every time we are that strong. God is weakened in us. There is less God. Every time we are that strong, every time we stand out like that at the expense of the truth, at the expense of righteousness, honesty, purity, every time God is weakened. If they could be 100% God, they would be only 50% God. When you are strong, he's weak. I have a simple question to ask you. Why do you think, and we studied this last week, why do you think Jesus said, it is easier for a camel to pass through an avenue than for a rich man? To enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? What is, what is wrong with a rich man? Simple answer according to what we've just seen. Rich men are too strong. They are strong. They will call the police commissioner. They will speak with the vice president. They will pick up their phone. And push buttons. They will not take insults like that and walk away. You will not speak to them as you please. They will answer harshly, knowing that they can settle it. They are strong. So they are so strong that God says, Ah, you know me and you, we don't meet. Stay yourself. But weak people... And we saw this in the Bible. James chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. He said, don't despise the poor. Don't you know God has chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? The exact opposite of what Jesus said about the rich. He says about the poor. So someone wonders, so what do we do? Are you saying we must be poor to be strong? Jesus again, Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When you read that in Luke chapter 6, blessed are the poor. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the question again is, so must you be crawling around life, wretched, to partake in the kingdom of heaven? You don't have to be wretched. In the sense that you don't have any clothes to wear. 
But if it is the way God chooses to weaken you, God has different ways of weakening different people. You should care whether you are dressing for beauty and glory. Whose definition of beauty? Is so, do you know what the typical carnal mind does with a scripture like that? He looks at that scripture and says, the Bible says you should dress for beauty and for glory. Did you read it with me? We are still there. Exodus 28. So let's say what Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3 to a certain church in Laodicea. He said of that church, let's read it. When you boil it all down, eventually it's going to be a matter of definitions. I am reading from verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation, in case you don't know this, for you to understand the letters to the seven churches, you have to look at how Jesus introduces himself every time he's talking to a different church. The introduction of himself. Why doesn't he just say, this is from Jesus Christ? To each of the churches, he introduces himself in different ways. Because he's about to say something connected to his Introduction. Whenever he introduces himself, you should watch his introduction as much as what he says. Why does he introduce himself as the Amen? May it be so. Certainty. See, when your Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he's saying, Amen, Amen, I say unto you. For sure. It's guaranteed. He calls himself there the guaranteed one. The, the one, the final, like, final. Just, he's trying to let you know. He added the next phrase. The faithful and true witness. That's when I speak, what I am saying is the truth. What everyone else says as a witness. You know what a witness does in court? Come. Let's hear your testimony. What happened between these people? This one has always been hating this one. She always had a beef against her. She's having though. She's telling lies. Or it's not. When Jesus shows up, this is church number seven. Jesus is saying, listen, I am the final witness. When I speak, what I'm about to say now is fact. Every other person's expression at most is their opinion. What I say is the truth. That's the introduction. Why would he introduce himself like that? It means that there's about to be an argument. Somebody is going to have a differing opinion from him. So he has to introduce himself first. When I talk, you better believe me. I am 
the amen at the end of the talk. When I say it, it closes. I am the faithful. I don't tell lies. What I will say is as it is and true witness. And then, in case all of that is not enough, I am the ruler of God's creation. I made everything. I rule over everything. Don't contend with me. What does he now say? I know your deeds. That you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. Three things. Major and broad categories. First, I am rich. You say, I am rich. This is the opinion of the final authority. You're saying you're rich, okay? That's what I heard you say. You gave your own testimony. One, you're rich. Two, you've acquired wealth. And finally, you don't even need anything. You're so covered that you lack nothing anymore. Exactly like a certain rich man in the Bible that said, My soul, you have gathered much good. Rest, eat. You don't need to do anything more. Jesus said, you fool. Tonight, your life is about to require of you who have all these things. And so it is for all those who are not rich towards God. Because there is a, a God kind of rich riches that is not known by man. Now listen to the Amen, the faithful witnesses' testimony as to this rich, I lack nothing group of people. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. How can people that need nothing be told that they are naked? Do you think actually, physically, they were not wearing clothes? People that said that they need nothing, these people had it all. But this is the problem. It is still the problem today. It will always, of course, this church is the last day church. Church number seven. The church has passed through all these phases. You are in this phase, in case you didn't know. This is where we are. We are in this phase. A phase, a time when the church of God is very wealthy. I don't think we've ever had much money. There's been more understanding of the matters of prosperity. Like now. I don't think it's ever happened. There was a time when only some people, the clergy in the church of that time, hundreds of years ago, were the only ones that were stupendously wealthy and a few people many were poor now i know there's still a lot of poverty yes i agree but there's more people running after money now than there has ever been in the body of christ and well that's my opinion my own knowledge of church history and christianity these guys made a mistake. They forgot that God is a spirit and to worship him, you must worship him how? In spirit and in truth. 
when you're dealing with a spirit, he does not see how fine your clothes are. He doesn't see externals. He sees spirituals. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. So he comes to a person and doesn't for a second care about the tattered clothes. He sees the person, how the person is spiritually. And if that person spiritually is covered by righteousness, he sees the person covered in white, even though there are three holes in the clothes. And the person has tried to, you know, cover it up one way or the other. But he does not see that. He sees that this one has covered himself in doing what is right or herself. And he sees that person in nice white clothing or whatever color you like. And everything else follows. If that person is rich in the knowledge of God, in relationship with God, he sees a rich person with stuff, jewelry. He's seeing earrings and necklaces and belts. The person tells the truth. The person is wearing a belt of truth. Is wearing, the feet are covered. The person walks in line with the God of peace. He's seeing nice shoes, you know. He's seeing all sorts of nice things on the person at every time. This is how God sees. I'm explaining what we read because if you read it, there's a total disconnect here. These two sets of people, take note, they were a church. They were Christians. They were not unbelievers. And they were Christians who went and said, they were happy to testify that we need nothing. When they go for intercity church meeting, and they said, yes, everyone, give your testimony, and the pastor of the church of Laodicea would step up, he would say, brethren, we have heard your different testimonies and experiences. Some of you say, you say you've been suffering. Go and read the seven ch- the letters, chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation. We've heard some of you say this, but brethren, we are here to say to you, Church of Laodicea, yeah! <laughs> we are here to inform you the church in Laodicea is rich. Yeah! The church of Laodicea has acquired wealth. Yeah! The church of Laodicea does not need anything. Yeah! And all the other churches will be like, Ooh, I wish we could be like them. Then the Amen steps up and says, What are you talking about? You guys, you're the most wretched. You're not poor only. You are wretched. Do you know the difference between wretched and poverty? So I'm saying there's a major disconnect. It's massive. If in his mercy he did not tell them this before they died. This is how people get shocked. Because they would die first to go and find out. Who would like to die first to find out this level of disagreement with God? Who wants to? Who is like, leave this thing. Let's live how we want. When we go that side, we go answer. Anyone? Would you like to know now how far? You better get close to the Amen and to the true and faithful witness and hear his opinion about your life. Because according to Matthew 7, some people waited too long 
And when they went over, they said, Lord, Lord, <laughs> it's your servant here. <laughs> you know, tongue-speaking, demon-casting, prophecy-prophesying, miracle-walking servant of yours. What does the Bible say? He said to the person, I don't know you. Who has read this before? Your Bible says Jesus said, I will turn to him and say, I, I don't, I don't know, I have met, I don't know you. This was not a Christian, quiet, God, if only I can make heaven. This was a man of God. This guy was casting out demons and doing miracles. He, Lord, you, you're, I think you're making a mistake. It's me now. I, I'm the guy, you know, I, I, I used to prophesy, I cast out demons, I healed the sick. That's me. And he said, depart from, be moving. You walker of lawlessness. You disregard my laws. You show up here and claim, I sabi, I sabi. Uh-uh. It doesn't work with me. I give faithful witness. Whenever someone asks me, give your own side of the story. I tell the truth. And obviously, that person had not listened properly throughout his or her life. Pathetic and horrendous. Is there anyone here that wants to hear God's judgment after he dies? You want to wait till after. You go and now hear. It is plain wisdom. It is simple wisdom. We, we stress it. We repeat it. We emphasize it. Get to know God's judgment now. You have, have you heard people say nobody can know? Don't have those kinds of friends. If you're around people that keep telling you things that, see, listen, listen, this thing nobody fit know. It's only after we go there. No, nobody can know. Ah, that person is a liar. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30, 31, if we would, say it with me, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we might not be condemned with the world. Question. I don't know if I've ever explained this correctly or like actually, I'm about to do it now. If the Bible just said, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. How do you understand it? That if this, my brother, carries himself and analyzes, judges with the word of God, there's no need for God one day to judge him, Abby. But what does the next verse mean? That's how I used to understand it. But let me tell you what it really means. He didn't say, if you would judge yourself. He said, if we would judge ourselves. We would not be judged. But when we are judged, wait, who judges you? I used to think it means when the Lord shows up to judge you eventually. If me and you here now, everyone, us, we, church, church in Corinth, hey, many of you are weak. Many of you are sick. Many of you are dying. Why? Because you are not discerning the body. You do not have understanding and regard for how a body works. This part says, I 
have my own plans. This one says, hmm, me, I'm going, so I'll go. This one says, I will close. The, can you imagine a body, the leg wants to go there, the hand wants to do this, the eye wants to look. No. It's madness. So the pieces are, that's what it means to not descend the body of Christ. I know it's not exactly, exactly how you've been thinking. And I'm not going to explain it much today. We've explained it in the past. Keep coming. You are not descending the body. You are living individually. Instead of living as part of a group. Something that must be together for it to be one. You are looking at me now. I am one person. I am looking at you. You are one person. It is coordination between every part of you that creates the beautiful or handsome thing that we see can do things and achieve. What happens when you separate into pieces? You are refusing to discern, recognize, properly assess the body. What will happen? He says, because of that, many are weak. Yes, now, imagine an eye hopping along. I'm a prophetic creature. Just on your own. Be going. Enjoy. See you. When they squish you, you know. What was that? It seems like an eye. They'll clean you up. Because for an eye to be safe, it has to be in a head. An eye socket. In a head. Next to a nose. Covered by an eyelid. Surrounded by a skull. That guy is soft. Can't just be hopping around. You, you don't understand how far I can see. You find out. Just go and do solo. This is the reason for all the casualties everywhere. So much weakness. Then some, we are sick, it says. Inept. Weak. Sick. Dying. Sleeping. Asleep, dead. These things have happened in the body of Christ because of a lack of recognition. And then he now said, But listen, do you want to resolve this? Judge yourself. How? Brother, sister, come. I have noticed this. I've noticed that some weeks ago we talked about Hebrews 10, verse 25, that you should not abstain from gathering together, as is the habit of some. Constantly being erratic and disconnected from being connected with people that love God and are seeking Him with their hearts, exposes you. There's almost nobody here that has not been helped by even just being in a church meeting and you hear a message. And because of the message you heard, you are planning to do something tomorrow that is wrong. And you change your mind and you don't do it. That's how body works. It looks out for itself. Someone says, I had a dream about you. Can we talk as you're leaving? Someone is telling you something. And you're hearing and you know that it's a prophetic leading. And so on. The body was meant to assist itself. It doesn't have to be formal. Very informally. Just the same way my fingernails scratch my body. I don't have to stand and think, wait, can you please send an application to head, to inform hand, to please move now and go and scratch. For there's an itch in the small of my back. That's not how a body works. That's, it. That's how an un- 
healthy body works. <laughs> That's a diseased body. That before you can move, there has to be this long, painful, arduous process. I hope you know that's a sick person. That's sickness. There are bodies like that. Before we can show love, I should explain, but it's distracting me. <gasps> sir, 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 please, I really need help. My landlord throws. You know it is not like that. Even the way you answer, he's taking so long to answer. Sir. The words are very slow. He's a big man. <laughs> Brother, this, cool down. So, you're like, <laughs> what the committee, welfare committee, <laughs> now tomorrow they go throw you. <laughs> welfare committee only meets once a month. And they met last week. Bro, you're finished. <laughs> Are you understand? When I was saying you're laughing like it doesn't happen. It happens all the time. In fact, it's the more common sick body. I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. Go and pray about it. Hey. So what about you? Can't you just... Can, can, they, my brother, they, we haven't even talked about it being approved yet. We have not even approved for finger to move. Talk about advancing. It has to be approved, discussed. Then normally senior pastor would sign up, has to approve. Then you know the accountant must take it to the, are we together? So let us say it is eventually approved about four months after they kicked you out. I hope nobody will take a tithe from it too. Because in any income. <laughs> Lord Jesus. But likely it may not even happen. Hey, is this a, is this a, a bank? And ask someone now that can help you. But a healthy body, without thinking, this place is itching. You're not thinking, there's no protocol. For all I care, to be honest, and this is how the body of Christ is meant to be, the day will come. In fact, there are places we are walking in it. We are hoping and aiming, oh God help us, we will be so. Nobody should have to even tell anybody anything. With what, why, should, why do you have to tell? Are you all blind? Why can't you see? Why were you not in your house and seeing? Why did you not someone not leave the phone and call, brother, this thing, I had a funny dream about you. As if your landlord pushed you out of the house. In fact, to even be more effective, the more proper, um, I was settling for a lesser version, is, brother, this thing, have you checked your phone? Uh, I forwarded some money into your account. He has not told you anything. You don't know anything. God told you in your house. Send 80,000. To brother, so and so. Some of you, you think you don't know that church has been like this. You don't know that there are people like this. You don't know this was how the body of Christ was meant to be. We think it. If this one does not have 80, 40 drops, another person, 20 drops, all of them, you wake up in the morning like this. Money has entered your account to meet your landlord. Complete. You wake up that morning saying, God, God, what do I do? You pick up your phone, you see, 
account balance. Because you are so unsure, you call all of the people. That's if you even know who sent it. And you see a text. Oh, I sent something. God led you on my heart. I don't know. Just a little something for, for you. No protocol. No fanfare. No red tape. And the person wakes up and calls. <coughs> Good morning, sir. Yes, it's your tenant. So, uh, do you want by transfer? or by? Say, healthy body. Healthy. Normal. Why are there so many weak, sick and dead? Because we are not discerning but the body. We are not walking how we should walk. Alright, so coming back. I, I haven't left this issue. If we would judge ourselves, if I, you, we, would tell ourselves the truth in line with God's word, there would be no need for us to be judged. When we are judged, it is the Lord disciplining us. So the world, when it's being condemned, you won't also be condemned. Depart from me. You will have iniquity. You want to escape that? If you won't judge yourself, pray that your body will judge you. You pray that you are in a body where you are judged. Horrible thing for you to be in a place where you are not judged. Terrible thing. Nobody beats you. Nobody tells you, no, this is wrong. You can't wear this. Did you just say that? You can't talk like that. No, we don't. Christians don't talk like that. Mm-mm-mm. I saw you. Where, you I saw you coming out of. Keke, stop. Sister, waiting call. What did they do here? Um, um, You start singing in your mind, speechless. You can't be speechless. Now receive, when is that? I lay hands on my say, receive this gift of speech. What are you be talking? Why are you, is it, I used to come here before, me and you now, we used to come here before. I, I just, you just came out of the gate. Like, what, what are you doing? Let's go now, let's go. Depending, if there was someone walking with the person, just say, Ah, ah, now, where, where have you been? Come, let's go. We are running late. If you, your wife, I don't care where the guy's arms were, or the girl's hands were. Just say, hey, yeah, it's true. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I have to go. There was something. Follow that your brother or sister that has just begun to save your life was sent by the Almighty God. Baby, stand and say what? Please, please. That's how to enter trouble. And that's how so many people enter trouble in this world. Next thing, you hear one nonsense story. Did you hear what happened? I mean, I, I don't ever want to hear what happened. Ever. You know me, I believe many people will go to heaven. I know people don't... Uh, I've said it for a long time. There are more people in heaven than you can imagine. So me, I have the full heart to show up. You're dead. Lord Jesus, can you raise this person for one minute, please? <laughs> Where did you go? You didn't hear what they preached. You can go back. You're coming. Because when they talk to you, you tell me what's wrong with your ear. I brought you back to slap you. Because it will be long before we see again. 
Me, I'm not coming anytime soon now. So you are going ahead. Let me just slap you while you are aware. You just go and slap you very hard. You think I'll raise you when people are there? I'll behave like this. Everyone will go up. You wake up, slap you. I'll come back. They'll see redness on your cheek. They'll say, What is it? I say, It's a sign. You hear what? They, they warn you. Warn you. Warn you. Warn you. Warn, what? I'm not ready. I'm not, you're not ready for what? God gives you a body to judge you. He says, If you judge yourself, you won't be judged. But the time comes, God can go, oh yeah, I'll judge you. If I don't judge you in a hurry, the world, you fall back into the world. And when I'm judging the world, I'll judge you. So let me remove you before you go too deep. <laughs> you know, I've been telling you, this is a season for such things. Oh, mercy of God, that you are part of a body that judges you. How do you know one of the signs of the kind of body you should not be part of now? Do they judge you? Are you being judged? In a generation that preaches, thou shalt not judge. You better not have friends that don't judge you. (laughs) You better not be in a congregation where they don't judge you. Nobody hears anything, sees anything, discerns anything. The word judge means, is the Greek word krino means to distinguish. The krino means to distinguish. I, I like using the example. Do you see how you separate beans from the chaff? That's judging. Judging is not, sinner, sinner. That's not judging. Judging is, come, this is wrong and this is right. You're doing the wrong one. The pointing out of how things should be is judgment. Judgment is not, so it's an end with, so brother, you are wrong. You have to stop. You can't stop this now. That's judging. Judging is not Hell, straight. No, that's not that. That's condemnation. That's something else. Judging is you. The act of pointing out as things truly are. That's judgment. And it is a good thing. It is like you writing something, an assignment, and someone sees and says, what's that you're writing? No, that's wrong. Uh-uh, that's not the spell. Here, you want to write here. It's not H-E-A-R. It's not here. It's here. Oh, sorry, I was right in a hurry. I've just been judged. Did you hear? Did you hear what I just said? That's judging. People don't... You go quoting Matthew chapter 7. I know today the Bible says, maybe I'll allow someone ask a question or two, but I haven't even said, oh dear, how did I get here? I know, but, <coughs> wow, life. What is wisdom? It is wisdom to be willing to suffer with Christ. Because I want to allow people to ask questions. Does anyone have a question? Let me see your hand. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up soon and then... Excuse me. That Philippians told you that you should allow suffering. Okay? You read chapter 2, you see you should put others before you. That chapter 2, it tells you that you should be like Jesus. Verse 8, being found in appearance. Verse 5, let this same mind which was in Christ, let it also be in you. Think like this. In case you're hearing me and saying, why? Why should you say I should suffer for God? The Bible says, have you, how many of you have heard preachers say you have the mind of Christ? Are you guys like Muslims, pagans, or where do you come from? 
Have you heard preachers? Have you read for yourself? Have you been declaring, I have the mind of Christ? What is the mind of Christ? Abi, you came here. You brought your legs here. Let me read the mind of Christ for you. Because at some point or the other, you, you should hear the truth. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Who, being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. You are looking for the mind of Christ. Make yourself of no reputation. Taking the form of a born servant. That's not just a servant. A born servant is not a servant. A born servant is more lowly than a servant. The word is dolus. It is not diaconus, the Greek. It's not a paid servant. How much will you be collecting every month? 10,000. Okay, do your work. Sir, I won't stay again. Please pay me my salary. A dolus is not paid anything. He's owned his property. That's what a bond servant is. Jesus made himself like a bond servant. You want the mind of Christ? It should be the mind that says, Lord, everything. Everything. And coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. I wanted you to see the mind of Christ. Have you seen it? Who still likes the mind of Christ? You are all excited. Wow! I have the mind of Christ. Are you sure? If you check it well, you have been lying. The mind of Christ is a humble mind that is willing to endure anything for the sake of God. Hey! Who still wants the mind of Christ this night? Come on. You want to live your life Walking out the mind of Christ. For we have the mind of Christ. People have been thinking of it as what? Access to knowledge of things. So you can get rich. When I tell you people they watch. If you know what the worship of mammon does to you. It takes away everything. Takes away all your understanding. Takes away sight. The plainest things. They are there. You just not, people, they will not, nev, they will just never see it. But it's there. Mind of Christ is not a mind you tap into, so you escape all problems. The mind of Christ is a humble unto death mind. Lord, whatever you will, let it be done. Yes, I can open my mouth now and things will happen, but I won't. Because it's not your will. I will endure it. I will be like a sheep going to the slaughter. Another time, God says, speak up. Do not concede. They came to arrest Jesus. He kept talking till soldiers left. And they went and told the Algars, no man ever speak like this man. Wow. They have never heard anyone talk like that. Jesus talked himself out. Other times, he would disappear. Run. Different things he would do. But when it was time, what's the mind of Christ? Not enduring what God does not say is endure. The mind of Christ is being humble even unto death. That is being willing to do anything, even if it is dying for God. That is the mind of Christ. Father, anything. That's the mind of Christ. You truly want to have the mind of Christ? 
be humble under the hand of God and do whatever he says. Verse, okay, let me not read that. In fact, just go and read the whole chapter. Go and finish it. Many things about the mind of Christ. Paul summarized it by saying that he forgets the things which are past in chapter 3 and all the way to verse 10. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. He shows you he did not forget. He said the other part. Being conformed to his death. Why would you want to fellowship with someone in his sufferings? Because it has been given to you also to suffer for his sake. Now, let me just add from that chapter 3, verse 18. For many walk. Let me read from verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example and those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. The English, Abby. Let let me just find something NIV here. Very simple. Philippians three seventeen. Listen. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. You hear? What are they enemies of? Are they enemies of Christ? What are they enemies of? Oh, receive eyes to see. Jesus, help you. Do you remember how we started? Where we are coming from, how we are here. Exodus 28. Look amongst you. Those artisans, people that can put things together. From amongst the people, they will put together the things to clothe the priest with. For glory. And for beauty. It will honor him. How? And I told you that the high priest is Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews tells you that. But it is people, God said, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. And I am pointing out to you the true wisdom of God. And the dimension of wisdom that you must receive today is that it is the wisdom of laying down your life and being willing to obey God in everything. Knowing that it dresses up Jesus and makes him look good. Accepting his cross makes him look good. When you put on the robes of a servant to serve God, you're willing to do what God says when he says you should do it. Step by step, little by little, he will show you. Do you know why some people, when you hear this kind of word, you get scared and say it's not possible? That's your flesh fighting. But the real reason is that you have a list of things in your mind you must do. You think you must do to be acceptable to God. Let me set you free right now. Burn that list now. There are many people, 
in your mind, there's a set list of things. Ah, now some of you, some of us, the things on that list are true. Some you have to get rid of it immediately. But for some, some of those things on that your list are to be dropped gradually. And you have put yourself under pressure that God is not putting you on. Some people have all sorts of weird ideas. There are those that say, the day I get serious with God, I will not wear trousers. The day I am serious with God, I will, I will cut off my hair. It will be short. All sorts of funny ideas. Which is why you should study the scriptures and fellowship where you hear the truth taught. And you should ask questions as much as you can and read books and search out knowledge. Because you find out some of those things are not things God is asking you for. They are just opinions and ideas you have that you have acquired from religious people or falsely religious people because there's true religion. But you've acquired it from ideas that have just been there. Ah, the day I know I'll be serious. I'll not wear jeans anymore. I'll only be wearing um, chesel and uh, um, what do you call this material? Huh? Ankara. I don't know why I never... I keep thinking of Akwete. Akwete is Ghanaian. Every, every time in my mind... All of them have A and K. That's the problem. Ankara. Ankara. Ankara, Kero. <laughs> no one Kara is in our language. It means trick, deception, deceit. It's a trick. You know you can cover up a lot in Ankara. <laughs> just, just makes it look very brotherly. Someone see you, they feel like calling you brother something. See, listen, some people have these mindsets about God that if they are going to fulfill God's will, that they are going to look a certain way. That's their thinking. It's the only understanding they have. I am trying to help you this night by saying, listen, when we are going to pray this night in it soon, you are going to tell God, Father, even all those ideas I have had, about what it takes to give up everything. I give it up. I burn my list. I am awaiting your own list. I have found out that God is nicer than you, sir. Believe me. Just believe me. Hmm? I, I'm not, I wouldn't lie to you. God takes a little more time to work out things. You, your list of 33 things you must do the day you make up your mind. You think you're going to just stop. Takam. I will suddenly never watch another movie. At once, not once. In fact, my phone, I'm going to reformat it and lose all the numbers. Then I'll collect all the numbers of the people in the new church I've come to. My clothes, there's going to be a big fire. It will be burning. I'm going to be tying. And there's this long, I have two long gowns. That's all I'll be wearing. Earrings, gone. Rings, gone. Wristwatch too shiny, gone. Perfume, gone. Roll on, has a smell, gone. It's a market, here I come, her ties. 
Laughter gone. Laughter. Even here you're sitting and thinking, did I get serious? I can't come here. They laugh too much. We have to be sober. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent. One. And there's this stern picture you have of God. Prayer. There's nothing like starting with ten minutes. It is three hours from the beginning. Prayer time. You wake up by 3.30 a.m. Jesus got up a long while before morning. How many of you have heard the messages before? This is your list of things to become a... Even me, I understand why you have not become yet. <laughs> Can you get rid of that list? Eh? Tomorrow morning, we still wake up by 6 like you have been waking up for the past 20 years. 6 a.m. Don't worry. Don't worry at all. Wake by 6. I, I can assure you, I've been with God recently. He's, he's, he's not planning to be angry. When you wake up by 6 a.m., he won't be angry at all. He's like, ah, my child has woken up. Good morning. I was asleep. All right, well done. Okay, bye. I haven't said anything to him. Or you're rushing to leave. No time. Don't worry. He will manage your laziness for a while. But he's coming. Don't worry. He will be waking you up. Don't worry. It's a matter of time. You end up being around people that wake up earlier. Don't worry. They will wake you. They will judge you. <laughs> Sister, wake up. We are praying. <laughs> uh, you, you said we should be waking up. Wake up. Make sure you get promises from such people. If I don't wake up, pour me water. Make sure they say it. Once they say it, then make them sign there. No matter what I say thereafter. Once they say it, have no qualms. Come with the water. Chunk, chunk. If you don't end up, drop it in the ear. Tokum, it has a way of, you know. Remember, if you judge yourself, so we must judge us. Help, help. You must, those of you that are strong must help the... Is it in the Bible? Yeah, you can't disobey God. Now, you that claims to be a good servant of God, you must do his word. So, just try and get in the commitment from the amount. Then the rest is easy. Don't go and make someone turn from sleep and... Huh! <laughs> Listen, I am only trying to say that many people have refused to say, God, I will serve you with all my life. Let your will be done. Anything you want. Because you have a, a mindset as to what that means. I said, stop thinking that thing. Throw it away. From my personal experience, me standing in front of you. That's not how I got here. And I have given up some things to be here. That's not how I got here. I took about 20 years ago, 20 to be exact, because I've been 97, I read the final quest first. I opened my mouth and prayed and said, God, anything it takes for me to, my heart so wants to love you and do your will. Anything it takes, do to make me be what you want me to be. Did you hear the, the prayer? He has been working it out gradually. And it is not as scary as you think. I've been happy along the way. Smiling. Stumbling. Standing. Uh, and you old, you know. Getting slaps on the back of your head. Ouch! But it's generally been nice. And here we are, after a long time. Me happy. Him happy. Many other people happy. 
I know the people that are carrying broken hands because their own was not easy. <laughs> they are the ones that they sang that song for. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. <laughs> me, <laughs> me have tried to reduce the number of broken bones. <laughs> you know, I formed the habit of habitually. I told you why I used to fast. Not to ask for things, but to check my, myself in the mirror. If you judge yourself, I learned that thing early. You know, plenty Bible. Read it. You can't do it in a crowd every time. You have to go outside sometimes. One day, three days, once a week. Quiet. Go away. Nobody. Check yourself. It will reduce the... <laughs> Pokwam, this child, you know they hear what? Set your head. When the hand of God knocks you, you will have a headache. It's a big hand. Boom. <laughs> They'll be pulling out of the ground. <laughs> oh, yes, that's the... See, I'm just trying to say, it's not as horrible as you think. Forget my very scary illustrations. It's not as horrible as you think. If you make those prayers and keep making them, you will, you will look back at yourself. Some of you have experienced it in recent times. You're like, how did I get here? How did I get to be waking up so early, seeking God, loving God? How did I come to a place where my heart is beating? I'm, I'm happy in the Lord, really. That song is no more a lie. Happy, 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 happy in the Lord. Some of you, when you sing, you're like, praise God. And you're wondering, does anyone actually believe this? Is it true? Is this a true song? These people are lying. Everyone in this place is a liar. It cannot be true because not once have I been happy in the Lord. I was happy for one night. That, that night I went out. After that, that night, even from around that night, early morning, I was unhappy again. That was three years ago. I'm still unhappy. Happy, happy, happy. Some of you just say, I know go lie. I'm an honest fellow. You just don't sing. I like honest people like that. They don't bother. <laughs> I went, during meetings, when I see people do some things, I'm just like, leave someone alone. You don't know where someone is. That guy may be far more pleasing to God by being honest. I'm not telling lies in, in melody. You know it's a lie. Whether you're saying it or singing it. Wretched, 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 depressed in the Lord. There's no way I'm born again. <laughs> ah, the music is going on in your head. I'm struggling. God will change it. Come on, come on, someone. Oh, God is going to change it. It's going to become a real song. For many of you, it's become a real song, yes? It's real. You know it. You feel it. You, it's not, there's no faking here. You are happy. You never knew it could be so exciting to walk with God. It's a sweet thing. Even though you're still growing, but in your heart, ah, this child of God. <laughs> yes, I don't have any money, but ooh, I'm so happy. I've never been so happy before. That's the joy of the Lord. It gives you strength. That should be your strength weak, but you are strong. You are weak, but you are strong. This attitude, God help me, your will be done. It comes, these guys became enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny, hey, is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their, you want to know who this is talking about? 
Because you won't like it. And I'm not going to. I don't have the boldness this night. Except it drops on my head. No, no. I don't have the energy or the strength. Or the time. The Bible says their glory is in their shame. What was supposed to be their glory? What was it supposed to be? The cross, lifting up Jesus by living a crucified life. How do you say it? Galatians 2. Sing it with me. 20. Being crucified with Christ, it is no longer I that live. Sing, oh, but Christ who lives in me. How is that a good thing to be crucified? Go on. But the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. Say it. Listen to what you're saying. I have been crucified with Christ. Is that that something to be happy about? According to God, that's what gives him glory. How? How do you get crucified? It is no longer you, born servant, gone, that lives. But Christ has moved in. And the life you're now living... You are living by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. So it's, not, it's like you moved out and he moved in. That's how you get to give up things. But what I was trying to encourage you with is that typically he doesn't show up and say drop everything now. Now. Everything. You can no longer like groundnuts. What is that you like? Biscuits? Don't eat it again. That's what many people think. No. He doesn't do that. He's still a wonderful, loving God. He may not like it from day one. He knows you have to get rid of it, but he'll be like, Ah, groundnut, he won't send you money for the groundnut. Yes. Then he'll win you off it gradually. One day he'll just say fast. You eat four times a day. You start by 6.30 in the morning. One day they'll just do one morning prayer that instead of finishing by 6.30, Beginning of the month, it will last till 7.30. That's how slowly he'll be dragging you away from your, you know. I found out he has ways. He does it gently. He drags, he's trying, till a time will come, you'll be like, what? I'm going on a three-day fast. You guys won't be seeing me. And they'll be like, you? You are lives for food? Your name was Foodie. Like your first name is Asukwa Foodie. That is Foodie. It's like, it's like <laughs> you created a name for yourself in addition to your parents' name. But God can. But I'm saying he won't break your head with it. Boom. He will wean you from it. When you allow him moving. He will take care of you. If you allow him. The more you let him in, the more he will take over. These guys that do not want to clothe Jesus with glory and beauty. Who do not have wisdom. This is their problem. They are not wise. We are studying wisdom. How do you build the ark? Remember... By obedience. Last week we saw it. Doing what God says. And this is one major thing God says. You want to be safe in the flood, in the troubles that are coming, in the shakings that are upon us at this time. If you, if you, those of you that have just come back recently, you, I've told you you have to listen to the messages we've had in the last four, five, six weeks. 
you're living. Judgment is all over us. It's all over. There's judgment all over the place. So all over. Bad stuff. Disasters. Did you hear of the shooting in Las Vegas? Sin City. The worst in America history. The worst. Happened a few, two, three days ago. The no- on Sunday, the numbers keep rising. No, it can Saturday night because that morning they were saying it on the news. Uh, Friday night into Saturday. Uh, then they said 20 something. At the last I saw today, there are 58 dead, 58 I read, and 530 plus wounded. One shooter, one. One person shot 500 and something people and killed 50 something, separate from the 500. One human being, not black, a white male. Oh, 20 something? No, 60 something years old. Doesn't make any sense. Complete, it doesn't fit any profile. They are still wondering why. Oh, they killed him. And that's how they stopped him from shooting. They had to kill him. How long did he last? Nine to eleven minutes only. Nine to eleven minutes of shooting took down five hundred plus people, of which fifty-eight died. Have died. Maybe more will die later. We don't know. We've been shouting about different things happening. Have we told you this judgment on this world? Bad stuff everywhere. It's in. It's just hanging. We told you about the change of seasons during our retreat. We'll touch Revelations twelve again which we've been dwelling on, if you've been here on Sundays. It's a real change of season. It's not, it's not like, um, oh, it's a new year. No, the earth, as you know it, has changed. And there were signs in heaven, the skies. To, it's in your Bible. It's a prophecy that is in your Bible. How many prophecies are in your Bible? And me and you happen to be living when it's occurring. Such things are going to become, we've been saying it now, commonplace. When we started praying about the flood, a, a few days later, Benway flooded. Then uh, Harvey occurred. America, Nigeria, all, everything. Has, do you know how many hurricanes have come after then? We, we, we are not even talking about it. Multiple, Irma, Hugo, others have showed up. Swung through the place, causing devastation everywhere. Have they been happening in the past? Yes, but not like it keeps increasing, keeps worsening, keeps getting worse. Like record-breaking things will keep occurring. That's what we've been telling you. Increasing records will be broken. Higher records will be set. Bedpans. What are we preaching? How do you build a Noah's Ark and get into it and stay above this? How do you escape? This is the answer. Major one. Clothe your Lord by being willing to hang, be crucified with him. Embrace the message of the cross. Or you are like these people whose God is their belly and whose destiny is destruction. Who are these people? I'm reading it in the next line. Their mind is set on earthly things. I'm not going any further than that. And I'll take questions. Who are the people who are enemies of the cross of Christ? People whose minds 
are set on earthly things. Are there many Christians whose minds are set on earthly things? If you are here, your mind is set on earthly things. We just described that your God is your belly and your destiny is instruction, this destruction. We just read it. Now that's not a good thing. A few meetings ago, we mentioned it. Jesus turned to Peter and called him what? Satan, get behind me. What did Peter do? Did he go into occultism? No. He said, Master, don't say you will die. Don't accept the cross. Jesus rebuked him with the harshest rebuke in the Bible. Satan, you love the things which are of men, not of demons, of men. And we emphasized it, that to qualify to work for Satan, you don't need to enter incantation. Do you remember how we started? I have a simple question for you. Who does not like riches? Are you here? We don't like to have more money. Please tell me. I, I want to give you my bank account number. please. Then I'll push you to go and have a very good job. Knowing that you won't need it. Like everything will come to me. Why would Jesus say things like a rich man is very hard? Why? Because these things are... For me, very easy for me to start suspecting someone. If I see a Christian overexcited about all the things that unbelievers are excited about, there's something wrong with you. I don't need revelation, I don't need, need prophetic giftings at work. I just need to see what do you like. Is that what everybody likes? You have K-like. Shouldn't you like the things God gives you? You should. But what about the ones he does not give? And what do you do to get the things you want? What are you willing to do? How far do you go? Are you willing to disobey God? Let me tell you finally, before I ask your question, how it works. In this life, live your life in quotes. Look at me. Normally. Just listen to me. I mean, uh, you can be writing that. Live your life normally. Let me answer some of your questions before you ask it. Live your life normally. You're in school, you're working. Work at being the best at what you're doing. Okay? Yes. That means study properly. Be disciplined. You've seen us go to the length of drawing up time for our student population here. This is how to plan your day. Things to help you. Get more hours of study per day. But we also put provision for God's presence for 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 time spent in fellowship, in prayer, personal and corporate, study of your Bible, read Christian books. We put all of that. Then we cut away some things that normal people do. That is a waste of time. And we add in things. I mean, I even put time for, if you want to go watch a movie, watch, go, watch your movie. Yes, we are that crazy. And because I believe it's not offensive to God. Ah, you want to, I told you, go and watch uh, uh, it sometimes in April. They are good movies, very good. Prophetic, powerful, teach you many things. <coughs> and some are not even too useful, just... <laughs> well, but they are bad stuff, you shouldn't touch. There's bad stuff, you shouldn't touch. You have no business watching something. And say, put that ah, on a Saturday, on a, you know... But some people will watch every day. No, not right. 
improper. Create space for that. If you want to watch something, then be watching messages and other good things. Documentary. Your learning is like reading a book. A good book, too. God doesn't say you can't have fun. So live your life in quotes. Not normal as the whole world lives, but a life that is, I'm going to study, I'm going to this, I'm going... But hey, this is where there's a difference between what most Christians do and what God really wants. It is when the Father, when your Lord, whom you have said, Lord, let your will be done in my life, tells you, as you're carrying your books to go and read today, as usual, he says, stop. I want you to stop by this room and see this person. Some of you are thinking he talks like that. Usually he doesn't. What will happen is that the person will come to your mind. Hmm, I haven't seen this person for a long time. Hmm, I wonder how she's doing. And then he comes again. Hmm, I wonder about this person. You remember early in the morning, you forgot it on your way to class. As you back, you were eating, you remember. You saw someone, you looked like the person. God is telling you to go and see the person. You deaf thing. Call. Some of you, very lazy, you have a clue. Hello, how now? Oh no, you send a text. Hey, just remembering you. God bless you. Bye. 419. God is watching you. That's not what he said you should do. You, can, you should start praying. Once you realize, no, I think God is calling this person to my attention. You start praying about the person. Shabaraka, if it's in the morning or whatever, you pray for the person. You put the person in front of you and start praying. You pray for the person. You pray, you pray. In the spirit, you don't know what's happening, but you pray. And then later on, you reach out. God does that to me. You know, you put someone on my mind. Bing, 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 bing. Usually, when I talk to such people and they tell me, you notice, I'm, I'm sorry, you're noticing the holiday. I'm terrible at communicating, right? I'm not these people that opens my phone, sends a text to everyone. You know, some of you are really awesome. Someone, I have to have a PR person, but <laughs> I don't think it will work. Right? But, you know, that's not how I, it's not my style. I don't remember to reach out, reach out. I should, oh God, I beg you, help me. But I don't. But you see me reach out to you. Maybe you reach out to me. I'll respond to you by God's grace. Other than that, I reach out to you just like that. Know that God has been doing me like this. You know. So I'll reach out. Sometimes people tell me, no, nothing is wrong. It's a lie. Did God disturb me for nothing? It's a lie. It's a lie. Something is wrong with you. <laughs> if nothing is wrong, why did God... Why, why do you wake up by 3 a.m.? That is just like, just feel like that. Wake up. So, now, so, you know, you go, but he tells you, go and see this person. Therefore, you do not operate as normal anymore. This is the difference. Listen, you do not go and say, no, no, pastor said that we should read our books and focus on being the best at what. That's not the cross of Christ. That you, you worship yourself. Stop that. As long as Ogano send you job, live normal. Do you understand? Do you understand? As long as the Lord has not assigned you something else, follow a normal routine. Do you get? Now, but some of you came to a place where he changed a norm. Your routine is never normal compared to others, yes? That's, that's what will happen as it goes on and on. He, he, depending on how much he asks for, for you to do at that time. And 
your submissiveness. Sometimes he looks around and he can't find anyone else. Then you'll be sending. I remember being in university or finishing university. I'm wondering, God, some of these things you're telling me to do and people are telling me to talk. Why don't you tell other people? I'm a guy. I don't like discussing some things. Else. And he, the answer I got was there's no one else to send. Simple. I didn't understand it enough then. That's it. I did shortly thereafter. Like, I didn't understand before he answered me. I think I was in a car talking to someone, crying with someone and all that. I was done with university. But I was, I was looking for a way. I was, one, I was telling the person, can you talk with this one or with that one? Um, um, the person kept saying, no, not this one, not that one. I was trying to save the person from being embarrassed. You know, I don't like people being embarrassed. You know, so it's easier if you could talk. You say, no, not this one. This one is too bad. This one will die. This one. <laughs> so, and I remember saying, God, why? And he said, there's no one else. It doesn't mean there's no one in the world. There's no one around. There's no one that will stop. Listen, no one is going to sit for three hours. Plan. It takes sometimes three hours for, for them to start talking. No, nobody, everybody's busy. Ah, no, no, they could be making money now. <laughs> you can't take my time. Three <laughs> Not serious. I was planning to sleep. No, no, you have to be willing to be patient like that. Be willing to, you had your routine. He sets it aside like this. Someone, someone, emergency, emergency, emergency. You're willing to respond to it. So he said, there's none. It's you that will talk to the person. Nobody. This is very many years ago. But that's when I began to understand this whole thing about being crucified, about lifting Jesus, making your Lord beautiful, is not by just singing, Lord, oh beautiful. And you think God goes, ah, voice. He gave you the voice, you frog. Have you heard angels singing? You think you have voice? Like, God is so impressed. Wow! <laughs> voice! You haven't heard a bird sing before. You don't have voice. He's not impressed by that. You want to make him beautiful. Be willing to lay down your life for him. Suffer for his sake. That lifts Jesus up. It makes him beautiful. Live your normal life, but do whatever yoga calls you to do. Have I explained what I've been saying? Don't go and start looking for suffer to suffer. That's why I say you should burn your list. Don't create a list of suffering, sufferment. I don't think there's any such uh, in, uh, word. But don't create a list of pain. I'll cut off my hair. I'll, just stop. Get rid of that thing. But be willing when he does say, child, this hair costs too much. At this time, I'm trying to teach you to manage scarce resources. You will not have enough finances to maintain this hairstyle. I'm teaching you to give. You can't give if your hair costs 8000 every time. Make I want you to carry hair that will cost zero naira for the next. I won't tell you. If you know God, typically won't tell you. Eh? Me? Why me? Question, uh, do you know the answer to that question? If not you, who? <laughs> or why not you? Are you not the one that said, Lord, your will. I'm asking for your hair now. Wow. Yes, you've been saying, oh God, if only I had, I would give. You have. Give. What should I give? Your hair. How? 
Lord, do you now take, are you an Indian monk? You take hair now. Give, remove the hair. When you remove it, you understand the next step. Because suddenly you have your monthly or fortnight 8,000. And you'll be able to give it to God. And it won't disappear here. Because there's nothing here. You know so many things people pray about. We wouldn't even be praying. So many people that are not beautifying the Lord. They, they, because of too many things. They say, ah no! How will people react? How will I look? They seek the things which are of men. What will men say? What will people say? I can never wear a shoe less than 15,000. Mm. 2,000 shoes, God forbid, or three. Hmm. Last time I wore that was secondary school. What if there's a need? But you have this standard. And God is saying, ah, you don't like the cross of Christ. You don't believe in dying. You don't like crosses. As usual, I'll end by saying, I don't always end like this, but what we've discussed many times, there's a difference between a believer and a disciple. And disciples take up their cross and follow. If you're just a believer, what I have said is well with you. See you on the other side when we come visiting. If you're a believer, you will sacrifice things. Because dying on a cross is not theoretical. You cannot bite in GL and hang it on your neck. It will crucify you, your flesh. Something will be given up. Not the physical thing, not the hair that you're really giving up. You're giving up your reputation as someone known to always dress fine and look lovely and makes the nicest hair. Sorry that I'm using that example. But that's what, if God is saying at that time, child, I want you to be giving more. You're saying, God, you know I would if I had. And you say, no, you have, you, but you won't. And he now shows you and shows you and says, so this is why. You don't give because you have these other things you always do. Therefore, you keep saying, but hey, if you truly wanted to give me, you could. But you want to give without the cross. You are an enemy of the cross. You are not willing to die to give. For God so loved the world that he gave baby Jesus. Is that not what you've been thinking during Christmas season? No. Verse 15. In the same way that Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness and all that looked at it were saved, so the Son of Man will be lifted up. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son on a cross. Don't ever think of baby Jesus in Jerusalem when you're thinking of God giving His Son. Only think of Jesus on the cross. That was God giving His Son. Have you heard me? Did you understand me? The giving was not the baby being born. The giving was Him hanging on the cross. That was when God gave His Son. The Bible says so. Have I just quoted it? John 3, verse 15 and 16. The way God gave His Son was by hanging.
You too, you want to take up your cross to do what? To hang on it too. When you hang, the world will see Jesus lifted up. He will be glorified. They will see it in you. Not the one that did not have and therefore could not give. But the one who was willing to give up what they had. The same mind which was in Christ. Though he was God, he didn't hold on to what he could do. I can do this now. I can afford this now. I have the capacity to be this now. I can be known. Have you heard me rap? Have you heard me sing? I could make a name for myself. I should run for this. I should run for that. I can do this. Do you know what I can do? Look at these people on TV. They can't even do half of what I can. I can. Of course, someone will tell you, go for it. And you will have the choice of going to the Lord, your master, and saying, I am your born servant. What do you say? And you'll be like, when did we discuss that? If I wanted you to go for it, wouldn't I have told you? Go and sit down. Are you looking for what to do? I, you wouldn't have had to come to me. I would have come to you and saying, child, I want you to stay. And you'd be like, God, no, I want to be at home with you. Shh. Go. Yes, Lord. And you'd have gone off doing what? And if God wants to put you on an international stage, he will put you. If he does not want to put you, don't take yourself there. Because you left your God at home. Your God better be with you. A born servant does not make his decisions. He dies on a cross. He gives up. He says, not my will, but yours. I can, but I won't. I will not call for trillions of angels. I will do what my father says. And someone is wondering, what is the reward? You have to keep coming. You have to attend our believers' classes. I have told you the reward. Everything I've said so far is, I expect most people here already know the reward. You have a clue. It's not going to heaven. That's, that's baby food. There's massive rewards for this thing. Massive. But the question is, will you pay that price? Will you hang on the cross? Praise God. Question. One. Don't raise your hand when I pass you. Then you say, I raise it when your back was facing the other. I've seen just one hand. Two hands. Good. Go ahead, um, Victory. Please, ask it on the mic. You said that we can't attain the same level with Jesus, but, but God said that we are joined His with Christ. That's the first question. The second one is, God says that those that wait upon Him shall renew their strength. So, um, does it mean that God is not interested in our having strength since you said? I suspect you had most of these questions before I went on preaching, and I've answered some of them. Yeah, so you shouldn't still ask it, <laughs> but it's okay. okay. Now, your first question: In what context did I say um, um, that you that Jesus is greater than you? Oh, okay. Well, let me just answer. Whatever, whatever it is. First Corinthians chapter eleven says that the head of every man is Christ. He's greater than you now. Are you on the same level? Well, what about the joint head thing? To be a joint head, you must overthrow your guy, your, no, your no. hand on your father's head. Okay, so picture it here. Picture a father and a child. Is the father greater than the child? She's thinking. Ah, uh, can he put his hand on your head? The father is greater than the child, right? 
Does it mean the father has more money than the child who is now working at our company and has built three houses for his father so far? But is the father still greater than the child in some way? Good. So even if Jesus were to share everything with us, which he promises to do, he still doesn't make you his head. The Bible calls him the captain of our salvation. In bringing many sons to glory, Hebrews chapter 2, <coughs> verse 10, and you know, you know, in bringing many sons to glory, he's the captain, he's the leader, he's the high priest. You see, when I was talking about priesthood, the high priest, then the priest, then the Levite. I can't remember the context, but there's a, there's a preeminence. Yes, the Bible calls him the firstborn amongst many. There's a, there's a, like we are here now, in a sense, there may be people here that will do miracles I will never do. In fact, I know that there are people here that will walk in. I know. I'm not thinking. I know there are people here that will raise many dead people. I'm not saying I won't raise dead people. I'll have to raise people. I mean, people will die where I am and they will have to wake up. So, I will raise dead people. But there are people here that may raise more dead people than me. Do you understand? Ten times. Is there anyone here that wants to do that? You haven't asked how it will happen. You will be at a war front. <laughs> I'll be in you in a safe place. <laughs> how you raise the dead? You didn't think of that part. Okay, I'm not praying for you. I'm just telling you how some things happen. <laughs> you think it's, it's just that you'll be among, amongst more dead people. That's all. Me, I'll heal them before they die. You, maybe, I don't know what happened, but maybe you're there. In a war front, see dead bodies everywhere. And God says, go, raise them. And you start, rise, rise, rise. So, you, I know there are people that will raise more dead people than me. I know there will be people that will heal more sick people than I. You know, I know there will be all that, even here right now. I am sure, I'm 100% and more, that will do massive things. I've told you there are people you watch on TV, not preaching, not just preaching, like you hear their stories. Okay. But at this time, and I don't even know if then, the way God looks at things is, does he look at that person and say, you are greater than, how does God judge great? The person that enables you come into something, in a sense. So, let me just quote a final a scripture. Jesus said, Greater work shall ye do, because I go to the Father. Greater than who? Greater works than what? Than whose works? Jesus said, greater works than I do, will you do? Does, how does that make you greater than him? Who gave you the power to do the greater than me works? Him. That is, just that alone will always make him greater than you. That someone is so humble that he would equip you to be greater than him. Do, do you get? The question is, will you have the capacity to make people greater than you when you could do greater works, but you refuse? You want someone else to shine so much that you're willing to pay that person said, can you understand that how what greatness greatness is not 
uh, based on, okay, did you see um, uh, what he or her, uh, what he, uh, he, he or she did? You know, did you see? No. It is who enabled him or her become that. The one that did it and pushed you out and said, go, go and shine. And is behind, making sure you go. You heard those stories we've told about people that are praying in secret and the meetings are powerful and you're wondering, the meeting is so powerful, this man of God is so powerful. And God tells them, that preacher, he says, who told you 50% of what happens in your meeting is for that woman that prays that nobody knows? It's not you. You only get about 20%. The other one is shared. And God was telling this preacher all these things. But in human eyes, the one that they see on the platform is the great one. Okay, so simply put, I don't think you want to compete with Jesus. <laughs> the father might <laughs> flick his finger in your direction. <laughs> so let Jesus be ahead of us, amen. Okay. I'm sure I have agreements, right? Yes. Does anyone want to struggle for our space? <laughs> Second question was? The third question. Okay, you said that we are free to judge that judgment is um, the, to distinguish. So, what what was Jesus trying to say when he was saying Matthew saying chapter we seven? Judge. We've talked about these things. You have just shown us that you don't come to meetings in so many times. Now, Matthew chapter seven says, "Judge not, that you might not be judged." And then the passage we quoted says, "If you will judge yourself." Is, is there, a, is there um, a contradiction there? Jesus also said with his mouth, judge righteous judgment. So he simply was saying, do not judge on righteous judgment. So the full story in Matthew 7 is, judge not that you not be judged, for with the same judgment you judge, you will be judged. Why do you, with a log of wood in your eye, a whole tree trunk in your eye, go to remove the speck, a tiny splinter, very small, in your brother's eye? What is the last line? First of all, remove the log of wood in your eye so you can see clearly and remove the speck in her own. So what was Jesus saying? Every time we must read our Bible in... You can't read one verse and run off. I told you the Bible was not written in verses. Human beings added it. <laughs> Simply, don't go around judging people and saying, you are guilty. Don't condemn them and say, God has nothing to do with your type. When you are guilty of the thing you are saying to... Because that's how you... God will have nothing to do with you. That's what the Pharisees used to do. Stone her! Stone her! We caught her in the very act. Jesus says, he of you that has not committed sins, stone her first. You see the problem? The people were hypocrites. Acting like they are sinless. We talked about hypocrisy here. We preached about it over and over. There was a time God kept putting that word here about hypocrisy. Don't do it. Hypocrisy is not you telling someone, this is wrong. No. You can't do this. You shouldn't do this. Hypocrisy is you actively doing it while telling people, don't do it. Holding this mic, telling them face to face because your people expect it of you. And you say, can you imagine all these people? It's when people are talking and speaking against something. There can be three here speaking against something and they are not wrong. 
and one person puts their mouth and that person is wrong. God is unhappy with one and the other two, he doesn't mind. Because these other two are not doing it. They know it is wrong and they are pointing out, this is wrong. People shouldn't do this. Uh-uh. Why should someone sing this kind of song? Why should someone dress like this? Mm-hmm. Half naked. This is a stumbling block. And then you, God knows that when you're not at home with those, your siblings or your parents, as they are talking, you put your mouth. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. And they turn to you and say, First daughter, are you seeing? Do they dress like this in your school? And you go like, Oh, hmm. People, and you're shrugging and going, God forbid. People are crazy. People do very stupid things. But you know that you have the same kind of clothes and you dress like that. Do you get? That's the kind of person God said, don't judge. Don't say anything. When they start showing that thing, just leave the place. You're already guilty, but you're not as guilty as the one that puts the mouth, judges it, and is guilty. First, you have to stop doing it and say, I will not do this again. God forgive me. Then you can open your mouth and say, yes, so it's wrong, go. Ah, ah. Okay? Alright, but even in all of that, it has to do with your state of heart. What I've just said, some people take it to the extreme and say, that means as long as I see someone doing something I do, I can never say anything, or something I stumble. Don't mix this up with something that someone stumbles into. So someone sometimes has lied, and is saying, I'll never tell someone, let's go and meet the lecturer and beg. And, when we, and he says, when we go, we are going to lie and say this happened. You say, no, I won't. And the person says, hey, are you acting like you have never lied? Don't you lie sometimes? What about three months ago, that time you lied? I am not saying you should say it's true, sir. I cannot judge you. And you can't lie. You have just added another iniquity upon your, your long list of iniquities. No. No, if you say that, I'll, I'll open my mouth and say it's a lie. Don't lie. Or I'll not go with you. Go and do your own. I'll go my own. Me, I want God to help me. I won't lie. But it doesn't mean you may never lie again. You may lie again. But that's not what that passage is saying. Judge not. You're not judging him. You're telling him, hey, we shouldn't do this. And we won't do it. Doesn't mean that because I've done it before. Or I, I sometimes fall and do it. It means we, I should do it. No. I may get weak in the future. I'm afraid. And I lie again. It doesn't mean I have no right when I am seen to say, let's not do it. I won't do it. I refuse to. Do you understand what I've just said? Diana? When you talked about the mind of Christ, I found what, the other scripture. When we read the scripture. Okay. When yes. we read the scripture about the mind of Christ. Yes. There's this other one that I think is more referred to First Corinthians 2. Yes. When it's able to have the mind of Christ. So, could you please distinguish between what Paul meant here and what he meant here? What, what did he say in your verse? You go above. Yes, what does verse 14 verse say? 14, but the natural man receives. Good. So, we've preached about this before, right? The three kinds of mind, three kinds of people. In the Greek, sir, we preached it. The, soul, the natural man is the what man? Sukikos man. Suki, psychology, soulish man. It's not physical. Though. It's not physical. That one is 
carnal. That's the sakikos man, sacks, flesh. Suke, sukikos man is soulish man. Then there's the pneumaticos man, which is the spirit man. So there are three kinds of people, you could say. It's not in you at any given time. There's three. You have a spirit, soul, and body. Please. After telling you that you should not walk with the natural, this thing I just preached today, what men would normally do, the normal mind, he says no, that you should walk with the mind of Christ. What was the mind of Christ? Who can guess now? She has just helped us add it to our message. Guess which one was that of Christ? The pneumaticus man, the spirit mind. Do you understand? So it's exactly the same thing. We have the mind of Christ. A mind that is willing to lay down all for God's will. And when Christ, the life which you now live, you live by the faith of the Son of God. That means you have the faith of Christ. You think like Christ. When you hit a hard situation, like the cross, you don't use your soulish mind. If you look at verse 9 and 10, it says, verse 9 says that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man, the things which God has kept in store for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Lay aside every weight and setting that weighs you down and press. It says, Run for the price. It says that you should make Jesus the beginner and the ender, the author and finisher of this your faith. How? Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Because shame always accompanies the cross. Do you remember how we started? Being weak. Another expression for being weak is being... (laughs) Let me tell you from experience. God will make you so you you at the beginning of hanging on the cross, you'll be ashamed. Do you know one of the only ways to overcome shame is to be ashamed long enough? Then you stop feeling it. Some of you think I've laid down your life yet. You're coming. That is the shame will go. It comes to a place where there's nothing to... <laughs> Have you seen people that can come beg you, God, please help me? Oh God. That shame has disappeared. There's no need again. <laughs> you are so broken that you don't even have... Where's the energy to feel ashamed again? <laughs> you know when you still have the choice? What? Do you know what I have been? What I have known? What? When he has stripped you a bit more properly? What you used to be? Like you don't care again. Like You are what you are. People are clinging on to what they have been. God will start dragging, dragging, 
This bar is dragging itself. What is inside? Is it a human being? Okay. Okay. Hold this bar and be placed. At first, you still be dragging along your past. And, ah, do you know where I've been? Do you know what? Till a time will come. He will drag it away. Okay, pull this thing. He will drag it away till even the little you had, there's nothing again. Truly, you're on your own. That's when you have arrived. There's nothing. That's what Philippians said. He did not cling onto his godhood. Did we read it? He gave up everything and humbled himself in, until death. That is, at some level, he, he, the thing was still wanting to walk. I am he. They fell down. You know, they were still... He gave it, he, he repeated, so they won't run away. He said, I am he, oh, leave this one. I, I am him, leave this one. He, he made sure they hauled him off. He got there, instead of defending himself up and down, he was keeping quiet unnecessarily. Before they could get him to be convicted, they had to adjure him. I adjure you in the name of the Lord. When you adjure someone, you must speak by God. And he opened his mouth and said, you have said it. Say, ah, what more do we need? He had to keep keeping quiet. Once in a while, he almost start talking. Said, you had no power over me except God gave you. Pilate will start trying to free him. He'll keep quiet again. He'll say he'll not answer any question. They took him to Herod, who had thought he was John the Baptist, come back to life. Herod used to go and sit with John the Baptist and listen to him. Go and read your Bible. I shared this long ago. Herod used to go and sit with John the Baptist while he was in his prison and listen to him. Herod would have likely freed John the Baptist. God had to raise Herodias and her daughter to take off his head because nobody saw John the Baptist will come losing reward. He had to decrease. Herod was already excited about Jesus. He had wanted to see him for a long time. The Bible says, what did Jesus Herod, have you read the Bible? What did he say to Herod? Nothing. The Bible says he did not give him a word. He even spoke to Pilate. Jesus refused to say a single word to Herod. Herod sent him off in frustration. He had already clothed him with a purple gown, a robe. He had already started honoring him. Jesus was like, if I, if I talk now, next day Herod will say, no, free him, free him. This is John, come back. I like that guy. If not that I promise my guest, I'll do whatever for my daughter, she asked. So Jesus made sure he was dead. That is what it means to humble yourself to death. A time comes where God can say, give me, give, give me this one to eat, that one to give me. But it takes, how old was Jesus? 33 plus. Over time, he kept submitting till the day came he gave up. That is the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is a mind that is willing to give up everything God asks for, even if it is unto death. That's the spirit mind. The spirit mind. We have the mind of Christ. He was trying to say, for the things that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, for you to see it well, and when you, ask, you have seen it, for the joy set before you, you will be able to endure the cross. Jesus knew what was coming when he was enduring. We stopped reading. But the next verse said, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every other name. That the name of Jesus. We've told you the rewards. 
you study in our classes. Though some of you are still doing the classes, some of you have not started. Please attend the believers' classes. There will be a people who will have a name. I've told you everything that the Father has, He has given to the Son. Who said that? And did He end there? He said, all that I have, I'll give to you. Like Victory was asking, which is true. People will be shocked. The people that arise at the first resurrection, I shared it some weeks ago, a week or two ago. There will be a people that will be like Jesus. For real. I don't know how far. It almost sounds blasphemous. But I'm telling you the truth. One day I'll preach it properly. There will be a people that are like Jesus. I don't mean that they just do miracles. It is possible that when you call their name, things will happen. You don't know. We don't know. We, we are not, you don't know what will happen in the days to come. Thousands of years from now, those that pay this price. It is why the very steep, but the honor that will come with it, you don't have a clue. When Jesus was being dragged around like a fool, people were spit. Have you had someone spit in your face? Apart from when you were a small child and very stupid. Have you had someone spit on your face? Because you were preaching. I, I, I excluded when you were a child and stupid. You still open your mouth. It was your foolishness that got you into that situation, likely. I mean for the Lord God. They spit in your face. And someone holds you by the bird and pulls it and it comes out. Do you know what it means for someone to pull your bird and the hair comes out? You think flesh did not follow? And someone yanked your hair and hair came out, a clump of hair. And Jesus was enduring it. At the same time he could say, Michael, and everything will end. And he didn't say. was keeping quiet. Do you, do you understand what it means to... This is what people don't understand. People don't understand that a real, 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 real child of God... I know what I'm about to say now. Some of you have been around. You should understand. That you can say, Father, no more. I want my normal life. I want money. Please, please. Father, I am saying, I want money. Steady, consistent, monthly a good amount of money coming I don't and the next day money starts coming jobs, everything you have not come to that understanding yet you don't know what it is real, you don't understand it is possible you have just told no, I don't want to be a bond servant again I want to be paid and this thing I'm seeing most have done it Have you not read about the prodigal son? Father, give my inheritance. Now. You notice those people that like praising the prodigal son? Do you know them? Um, have I called anyone's name? That's them! Why would you praise the prodigal When he came back to his father's house, the father told the older brother when he was grumbling, hey, this is your son that has done anyhow. Me that have been serving you, even a small good, I have not touched. The father told him, son, everything I have is yours. If everything I have is yours, why have I not been free to eat goods? Because it is not yet time. You have chosen to be a bond servant to me. Don't worry. Don't you know the real difference between the guy, the people that are carrying their cross and those that are not? It's time. 
in a short while, there's going to come a time when all those that collect all their inheritance, I want all now, they are going to be paupers, poor people in the spirit. He said, woe to you rich, for you have enjoyed your life. Have you not read? Didn't we read the other thing? You have enjoyed already. Get ready to not have again. And he said, woe to you. Uh, 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 blessed are you, poor, for you will rejoice. Why do you think? It's a matter of time. There's going to be a reversal of rules. You know, I've had dreams and others. But this man, let me just say something. I've had dreams seeing mighty wealthy servants of God. Very poor. The only word I could use is wretched. Like squatting, like, like squatting in a building. Wearing clothes that, you know this shirt that is straight. Nobody can even dress like that here. Have you seen man, men's shirts? Like long sleeve. Long sleeve like this. The shirt straight. You know, respond now. Do you understand the kinds of shirts? Those big old shirts. It doesn't come. It's straight. Long sleeve. Can you picture it? It's not just the being big, it is the father, it is straight, straight, it's not made to be flapped. It's made to be tucked in. I don't even know if they make those kinds of shirts again. You know it was not soon for being worn like this. It's straight, just big, just ordinary, straight cut. Like. And the place looks like a refugee, a house, refugees. person comes and squats in his own corner, people squatting everywhere in corners. Squats with, I don't even know. Alone. Horrible thing to see. It's not, I'm not seeing blood and bloodshed or anything. But nobody should be in that situation. And I wonder why would I, I'm not sure I've ever dreamt of that person ever in my life. I don't. Listen to some people. I don't. So you have no reason to be seen by me. Zero reason. But I know God was saying. And I travel outside the country. I'm with someone. And the person turns to me and says. I had a, a dream. A prophetic friend. And I saw someone. Looking very wretched in my dream. And I say who? Immediately, immediately says I know who it is. If it has a coincidence. Well. I know who it is. I'm like who? The person says no. Because. Of we normally talk about people or try to put people down, even if they do wrong things. And I said, no, tell me. And he knows I wouldn't ask. And he tells me, and I said, yeah, I knew, I saw it. I saw it two, three years ago. Physically, nothing. It's the exact opposite to right now. It's, it's 100% opposite of what I've just described. But it's either in the future or that is the person's condition in the spirit right now in God's eyes. Why would I want to be in such a place? God forbid. And people are saying, Yay, I want to be like you. And in God's eyes, you're, you're, a, you're wretched and poor. Squatting on people's verandas. On a staircase. Squatting. In a corner. That's not a good thing. So the real difference... Between those that have the mind of Christ and those that don't is that those that have the mind of Christ will be willing to give up things when God asks them for it. And there are those that will say, no, 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 I want all I can have now. 
and you will be borrowing from your brother's riches, even the clothes, the ring, the sandals, that animal they killed, all of it belonged to his older brother. It's just a matter of time. So who ends up being the fool? The one that was rich for 50 years or the one that will be rich for 5,000 or more years? Who ends up being the wise man? Can you see how this is wisdom? It is wisdom to embrace the cross of Christ because the benefits are extremely long term. It is foolishness to disregard the words of Christ and the cross of Christ because the benefits are extremely short. And if I understand what the Spirit of God is saying. Some of the things I just described will happen now. It's not after they die. It's not in the world to come. It is now. It will happen soon. In years. Some of those terrible strippings will occur much sooner than we can. Who ends up being the wise man? I want us to pray. Let's pray for a few minutes, okay? I know the words we've heard are sobering, but we are studying the wisdom of how to survive in this season of judgment. And the wisdom is be willing to take up your cross. This will save you. Embrace the cross of Christ. Be willing to do what be a bond servant. Have the mind of Christ. Lord, I could do this, but I won't for your sake. Right now I could enjoy this, but you are asking for it, so I give it up. Lord, not my will, but yours. This is the wisdom of the mind of Christ. I am the son of God. I can, but I won't. Come on, pray, please. Maybe you should stand up so you don't sleep. And since you are getting ready to go, can you close your eyes or however you want to do it and pray? I don't want us to pray long. You go back and pray so you can be gone in a few minutes. Just ask the Lord, the cross. Some of you, there might be things you know he has been asking for already. You know. I'm not saying you guess. I'm not talking about that, your list of things. There are things you already know. And he's saying, why don't you give this up? Why are you still holding on to it? Give the, I, I demand this one. I don't want you having it. Tell him, Father, take it. Okay, some people have never destroyed anything for God. You've never burned something. Why? Why can't you burn something for God? Who says burn things is a sin? In the Bible, they burn things when they turn to the Lord. Some people need to burn things. Not have, give away some things. Not in favor. He sees you if you are giving it away so they will like you. You don't give a bad thing to someone else so someone will like you. You don't say, oh, let me give this thing away. At least this person will remember I gave him or her. No. If it's a bad thing, don't give it to anyone. Destroy it. But if it's something that it doesn't fit you or something that is not for you or God has said give it to someone, then give it to the person. If 
we love him, we will keep his commandment. Your reputation, your reputation, what will people think? What will people say? What will people think? What will people say? Jesus, help us. If you can't give up reputation, will you give up money? Reputation. Reputation. Why does it matter what anyone thinks? If when you're still young, you can't give up reputation, what will you do when you're older? Are you willing to give up your reputation, opinions of men? Oh, Lord Jesus, help us here. Help us here, Lord God. Help us here. Help us here, Lord God. Jesus. 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 You beautify the Lord when you carry your cross. You want to clothe your high priest with glory? You want to give him honor? It may not always be your money. It may not always be your dance offering or your singing or your evangelism. It is, are you willing to carry my mind? Are you willing to humble yourself even unto death? Will you die for me, child? What When I ask you, Peter, to die, will you die? Paul, when I say you suffer for my sake, will you say, yes, Lord, as long as it's for you? Or will you quarrel? Why should I suffer? I was doing your will and I started suffering. Yes, if you can't suffer to do my will, then my will is not worth anything to you. If you can't suffer for me, then you don't love me. If you're willing to endure pain for my sake, then you love me. We pay a price for those we love. If it's all easy, then everyone loves me. But if you love me, you will give up something when I ask. Can I have it? Jesus. Some, you, you may need to say, God, forgive me for struggling so long. Still struggling. Being unwilling. Some are saying, help me, I don't even know how I am, what. If you don't know, just tell me, hey, don't worry. Father, help me live my life. When you call, help me here. Help me here. And there are some of you that you're stubborn. God has sent more than one person, one message. You've heard messages like this. You read a book and you know what it is and you are pretending. God does not have time for pretenders. So you need to say, Father, please. Forgive me for pretense. Some of you need wisdom. You're saying, God, so what do you, how should I do it? You need to ask him. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. It will be given him. You need to talk with others. Talk with those that are wiser than you. Seek help. That's why we are in a body. If you judge yourselves, take yourself to judgment. Present yourself to others. Say, judge me. Present yourself to others. Say, judge me. Talk to me. Don't, not to everyone. To those that can help you. Say, hey, here I am. What do you think about this? What do you think? This is what I think God has been saying. But I'm not sure. Do you think this is God? Saying I should leave school now. This is my last semester. 
in school. Do you think God is saying I should leave school now? You may need to talk to someone. God will respond to your love. God, give me your mind. Give me the mind of Christ. A humble mind. A submitted mind. A yielded mind. Hey, Jesus. Shanga parata satatalaya. Rinda baradu shambarada la sandatalikandara barada. Help us. And there are those that have taken up their cross and dropped it and say, God, no. Say, God, please, I take it up again. Forgive me. But you have to take it up. You want him to force it on you. No, you must take up your cross. You must pick it up. Oh, Jesus. Some of you have said, Lord, my life, anything you want. Then you left and said, no. It's not anything. Don't cross this line. Ask God, please, forgive me for being double-minded and unstable in all my ways. Let your will be done in life. I beg you, do your will. Have your way. Do your will. Don't give up on me. Finally, the final thing I want you to praise about how we started. Do you remember about the whole thing about being weak for God? Are you willing? Talk to God about that. He's strong in your weakness. And among the reasons why you may have not received strength is that you are too strong on your own. Everything, you're put on this facade. You're too strong. He's so strong. How will he give you his strength? Your strength will not do. His strength is perfect. Your strength is gone. You're too strong. It's okay to weaken yourself sometimes. It's okay to weaken yourself. He leaves you with nothing except his help. When, when, when you're too able, able, you, every plan must be in place. You must have enough money for everything. You must have enough this, enough that. Your plans must all be in place. How, how do you need his strength? You have all your intentions. You have all your, your goals. There's no weakening. You put up a front. You don't, you don't know how to say, Help! I need help. You don't call out. You don't cry out. You don't run to help. You don't seek help. You try to keep your story neat. Ask God to help you in your weakness. So his strength will begin to flow. Humility. God gives grace to the humble. Grace to the humble. Grace. Ask him how he needs you to humble yourself. How? What is it? You may already know. It's just time to do it. Sometimes you just need to open up and talk to someone. Not someone that won't help you. But, you know, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He'll exalt you in due season. Father, we thank you. We trust in you. Our eyes are on you. All our lives. We will carry the cross. Every heart here, Father, that has said, I will take up the cross of the Christ and follow. Receive strength to your shoulders. Receive strength to your arms. Receive strength to your feet. And receive strength even from your brethren. God, Father, raise Simon of Cyrene's. Simons of Cyrene that will help us with our crosses. 
when we get to week in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask for everyone here, raise up those. And amongst us, raise up those that will help others carry their cross. That will not allow the fallen stay fallen, Jesus. That will pull them up by the hand. That will lift them up and help them stand. That will help them come into the land you've promised and appointed for them at this time. Lord Jesus, give us a heart of a servant. Give us the heart of a servant. A heart of love. Deliver us from selfishness. Deliver us from focus on self. Help us love one another. And humble ourselves. And not be ashamed of carrying a cross for you. Let us take pride in our crosses. Since we know it will exalt the name of Jesus. And it will draw men. Help everyone here see the joy that is set before. Even the many people that will be helped because of our obedience and submission. Jesus. Even the many that will come to light. Give us a vision of the rewards of faithfulness. Thank you, Lord God. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, Test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org.